Yo, 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 welcome to episode 5 of Often Beats. I'm your host, Clint. In today's episode, I do a deep dive on arguably the greatest artists of maybe my generation, but at least the past decade. I go in on Drake. Bell. Yes, basically the same thing, right? And then I also talk about celebrity boxing and why it hasn't really turned out the way that the public has always wanted it to be what could we do to make it better and then I give a little unwarranted unasked wisdom at the end and in today's rap preview I do a little preview off a song called sunset by your boy Clint we're gonna have a great episode today guys let's get it Ooh, yeah. just the way you touch my body is gonna make me come quick in my pants like a jet ski. Something is big under the surface. I see you fishing with your hook, reeling it in. But I'ma keep it real with how I feel. I wanna make a movie where you're the star, but here's the deal. I want that action. I want you to be the other half of this fraction. Cause my nut isn't the only thing I want to be cracking. I want you to ride me like the screen machine until you finish. Cause you got the flash pass for this attraction. Welcome to Six Flags. You can always skip the line for these hoes And hit me up when the heart's burning from the most recent breakup They just want a relief like I'm tough acting with tenacity Thanks John Madden, I'm here to relieve heartbreaks I'm just who they hit up when they need to give a heart a break Damn, All open the, the fridge With Clint Ew What do you call a fart that wears a jacket? A wind breaker. No better way to break this cold air open on this Saturday afternoon at 726. I am your host, Clint. Welcome to episode 5 of Often Beat. Today, let's just jump into it. I'm going to talk about the biggest artists in the world over the past probably 15 years. We're going to talk about Drake. Bell. Uh, Yes, I really uh, rung you in there. You thought it would be so simple, but um, I found a way to keep you in. Now, unfortunately, this isn't going to be the most funnest. This isn't going to be the most lighthearted. It's actually pretty serious shit. But uh, stick with me. So today we're going to be talking about Drake Bell. I don't know if any of y'all have been keeping up, but um, Drake Bell, I'll just give you a little backstory, he is best known famous for being a pretty prominent star, teen star specifically, at Nickelodeon in the early to mid-2000s um, on the show Drake, hence Drake Bell, and Josh with Josh Peck. It's probably, honestly, one of the biggest teen sitcoms the last 20 years and I don't really think that's an exaggeration I used to watch the show every day when I get home I've seen every episode up and down when Josh was big when he lost weight Drake always kind of looked the same which um kind of probably ironically connects to all of this all right so as of this past week Um, This is an article from CBS News. Drake is being charged with 
two crimes against a child in Ohio specifically. He is charged with attempted endangering of a child, a fourth degree felony, and disseminating matter harmful to juveniles, a first degree misdemeanor. Now, this incident took place supposedly on, well, not supposedly, the incident took place December 1st of 2017. This incident, um, by the way, he posted a $2,500 bill, so he's not currently in jail, but he does have a hearing on June 23rd, okay, just to get the legal shit out of the way. So, let me read those charges again. He is being charged with attempted endangering of a child, which is a fourth degree felony. Um, What does that mean exactly? From what I can pick up, it's literally putting a child in harm's way, in a sense. And disseminating matter harmful to juveniles. That sounds like someone who maybe, maybe he gave this kid like drug, like maybe a Club drug, molly, ecstasy, one of those type of things. Um, I'm not saying that's what it is, but just by reading the fine print, it's kind of weird, okay? Now, you're probably wondering, what age is this um, minor? Well, she was 15, and he was 31 years old. That's a pretty, literally double, and then add a year to the age gap. It's not a not a good look for my man. Okay. So the incident supposedly took place at a nightclub where I believe he was performing or maybe in a nightclub after he performed his concert. She was 15. Drake was 31. Now, part of the police report is they found inappropriate social media messages for months leading up to the concert. So basically what that is saying is for a couple months before December 1st, um, him and this 15-year-old were in contact with very inappropriate messages. So we're going to just say sexual. Let's just call what it is. Okay. Drake Bell... Now, he has not commented on this situation. You can find his mugshot. He has not commented, but his attorney has said all facts will be revealed in court. Now, now that we got the legal shit, the boring shit, well, I wouldn't say boring because it is serious. But here's where the story gets a little bit uh, sketchy for Drake. Um, in November on his social media, November of 2020, oh, by the way, she prefaces, she filed the report on him on October of 2018. So I guess they investigate three years, found all the shit, turn him in. Now he's going to court, blah, blah, blah. But in November of 2020. He, on his social media, you can look this up, on his social media, he posts a picture of his ID. He, his Mexican ID, he moved 
He became a Mexican citizen. He moved to fucking Mexico. Or at least he became a citizen. And he even changed his name to, can't make this shit up, Drake Campana. C-A-M-P-A-N-A. This man legally changed his fucking name. You may ask, why would he move to Mexico? Well, according to him, at the time, his reasoning was the culture. So he can move his, because that's where his music's popping. Because, you know, it's definitely not popping here. But that's where his music is popping. He's apparently a semi, at least respectable deal there. And he wants to make um, Mexican soul music, uh, Mexican pop, Spanish pop, you know. Music that gravitates towards what that country probably would listen to. Because in America, he was not getting, apparently, much reception of his music. Okay? So, he basically is trying to become a Spanish pop artist. So, this man is literally changing his whole identity, his whole life. Now, you know what? If that's what he wants to do for his music career, if he wants to move there for the culture, the he loves, he just loves the vibes, right? Well, here's where that gets a little bit interesting, right? Because at the time when he did that, it just kind of looks weird, but no one thinks it. Because remember, this is November of 2020. Nothing has come out against him. Now, conveniently... Around that time, his ex-girlfriend comes out and alleges that he abused her. Now, these are pure allegations. These have not gone to court. I must stress that. She went on TikTok, which, honestly, um, it's a weird avenue to say you've been abused. I feel like there's other avenues where there's longer form. It's more of a serious platform. TikTok, when I think of TikTok, I don't think of this is where I go to hear someone's side of the story on some legal domestic abuse situations. TikTok's just not where I would go for that, but to each their own. Now, she made accusations that he physically abused her, you know, you know, basically the the get around. Abused her emotionally, physically, which, be honest, um, Drake Bell physically abusing someone is, all I'm going to say is look at that man's height and weight. He literally looks the same body, physical-wise, um, as he did back in 2008 when he was 19 years old, supposedly, or around that age, I should say. So, he physically... She's saying he physically abused her. Now, he actually, unlike the child one, he actually came out with a statement shooting down those accusations and saying, I never physically abused her. The only thing was we said some really mean things at the end. Said some really hurtful things, probably things you can't take back. But basically, you know, what he's saying is nothing out of the ordinary for a bad breakup. Or just for a breakup in general. It's pretty common. You say things that are really hurtful. True or not. You say things that you probably wish you didn't said. Looking back. But you know what? People say mean shit. Right? Nothing legal. No harm. No foul. In the grand scheme of things. 
So, it looks kind of a way, but you know what? I'll give the man the benefit of the doubt. No charges have been brought. They're just accusations. But, in that article I was reading, there was one little caveat. I don't remember if she says in the video, but they mention in the article that she says at some point that she moved in with him when she was 16 years old. Now, I don't know what years they dated, but I'm going to assume recent years. So this man's in his early 30s and a 16-year-old is moving in with him. Well, that within itself, even all the other accusations of abuse are false. Just that within itself, whether it's legal or not, kind of creepy. It's kind of weird. Um, it's kind of says a lot about Drake Bell. And when you have these other things going on, it surely doesn't um, make you look like a man, per se. Now, let's let's uh, keep plowing, okay? Here's the real question. Did this man move to Mexico because he was trying to pop off and... His Spanish influence. Did he move to Mexico because he's trying to reinvent his failed career in America? And I don't say that'd be mean, but the reality is from an objective point of view, he did not succeed as a solo musician here. He had a little high after being on Drake and Josh because that show will bring you an audience, but he couldn't maintain an audience. Maybe the music wasn't good. Maybe it just didn't hit. That happens. So you know what? Maybe he's moving to Mexico to reinvent his career, right? Or is it unreasonable or possible that maybe he moved because he knew there were some things potentially on the horizon here? I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Um, typically with these things, you kind of have an idea. You kind of know what you've done if they weren't trying to escape. Now, maybe he truly just wants to get intact with the going to Mexico with the lively culture. Okay. Whatever uh, flips your empanada at night. Now... Knowing that he had a 16-year-old move in with him, which he basically confirmed saying we he never said we never lived together. He said we never I never physically abused her. So this man had let a 16-year-old girl move in with him in his early 30s. Take that for what that's worth. Then he has this case where essentially he is doing something illegal with a minor. They basically say everything but not say anything. When you read in between the lines, I'll just say it, it kind of looks like he had sex with a 15-year-old girl. Inappropriate messages. Hey, he probably invited her to come to the concert, paid for a ticket, VIP, took her to the club after. And uh, probably followed through on whatever those messages were. And when I see things like endangering a minor, did he drug her? When you see things like disseminating matter harmful, 
that means you probably are giving them a substance that is harmful to a minor. Maybe alcohol, if we're going to be generous, but chances are we're probably looking along the lines of molly, ecstasy, things in that nature. When you're in that type of environment of a nightclub or concert. Now, let me tell you why I truly actually believe this. I think all of this connects, okay? This man grew up in his teen years and so on, being on the biggest show on Nickelodeon. Being on the biggest kid, the teen sitcom in the past 20 years. And what typically is the fan base when you look at teen sitcoms on Nickelodeon? They're typically focusing on the young female demographic. That's not saying that boys don't watch the show. I watch the show. Me and my brother, we watched Drake and Josh. We enjoyed the show. We liked the show. We loved the show. But let's be honest. It's simply the genesis of the show is about Drake being always with a bunch of girls at a time. Always, you know, quote unquote, being a ladies man. And Josh being very not that. He's a stepbrother of him. You know, you know the story. Drake's whole thing is the appeal to the younger audience. So look at this man get all these girls. Girls are perceived that if a guy likes you, they're going to be like Drake. Okay. And if you don't believe me that that's the target audience, your reasoning for if that show, the reason why it projects towards a woman audience, a young kid woman audience, your reasoning could be different. Here's one thing you can't dispute. What is the laugh track on that show? Basically meaning, what is the audience you hear? It's typically kids. It's young. We're just going to say from ages 9 to like 14 to 15. That's the age range of the laugh track. It's young kids and teenagers laughing in the audience. And mostly... Girls, just watch one episode of Drake and Josh whenever you can. I don't, whatever. But if you don't want to, just believe me, it's mostly girls. Now, think about the most popular man. Well, not the most popular, but you are a Nickelodeon star. That that used to mean something. Disney Nickelodeon star used to mean something a lot different back in the day. It used to be TV, not streaming. It used to be TV. Now, when you have that type of audience swooning towards you, girls like, oh my god, it's Drake, oh my god. (sighs) Aren't you, when you grow out of that show, when he moved on to music, his audience never grew with him. He didn't have a 
long-term music career in terms of heavy success. Because when he, after the show, and he tried to be independent music, tried to be an artist, something about it wasn't clicking, whatever reason. People weren't buying what he was selling. His music wasn't unique. It wasn't anything captivating for people to continue buying albums and him being able to be Drake Bell. The stardom from Drake and Josh only kept him relevant for so far. Now, so we're talking this man probably, once he gets his late 20s, early 30s, has his audience never grew with him, which means what? He's probably at a crossroads. He's at a turning point in his life. Or at least in his music career, I should say. I just want someone to like my music. I don't care who it is. So. He knows. What likes his music. He know what his name. Who it resonates with. Now, the people that used to watch him on Drake or Josh never grew with his music, but the type of music he makes is towards younger girls. Because it's very cheesy, it's not very mature. When he even tries to be edgy in music videos, it's laughable. It's someone who's trying too hard to be on the edge, it's like an edgy comedian. Try it, or someone who claims to be an edgy comedian, and they start talking about racism, but they don't really like cut into the deep roots to make it funny. They just say some generic shit and call it funny, which actually makes it less funny. If you're going to talk about something edgy, you got to go deep into it to make people actually truly understand what you're talking about or where you're getting at. And with him, his audience never traveled with him. So he doesn't have an audience that's in his early the mid in their early the mid twenties. So when he's making more mature music, they grow with that. I want you to look at your favorite artists. Let's say they've been in the game for ten years. Let's look at the Drakes. Let's look at any of your favorite pop artists, Katy Perry. Let's you know, let's even go pretty much any rap artist for the past any big rap artist, Drake, Kendrick, J. Cole. Listen to their album from 2010, 2011, 2012, and listen to their music now. They've grown as people. Their life circumstances are different. They're talking about realer shit. They're not always complaining about, ah, some girl that they're just trying to get attention. No, they're in a different space. They've made money. They've had a lot of success. They dress different. Some of them have kids. Some of them have wives, like Shit changes. And when things change in your life, your music typically does as well. But see, that's the problem. Drake never matured as a person. The dude is still craving the same attention he got on Drake and Josh. Because he never, his audience didn't grow with him to keep that attention and grow more. And then gravitate for people to 
accept this newer version of him. For whatever reason, it didn't resonate with him. It didn't work. So this man never grew. He still has the same mind as he did when he was 17 or 18. He wants to hear that 15-year-old girl scream his name at the red carpet, crying because they can't believe that they just met Drake fucking Bell. Well, let me tell you, when people think of Drake these days, it's not Drake Bell. Because when you are stuck in that immature mindset, you don't grow with yourself, you don't enhance your horizons, you do desperate things for attention like moving to Mexico to do a whole different type of music just for attention. You move when shit hits the fan over shit you've done, you don't want to hold yourself accountable so you try to move to Mexico and escape from it. And by the way, recently, even after all these, uh, his court hearing coming up, he, you go on Twitter and shit, I, I saw this earlier, he's going to Mexico to take some time away and get some tattoos and ink. I guess he is preparing for prison. But, here's the bigger thing with him that's very, very, very concerning this man is a 17 year old guy in a 30 in a mid 30 year old body even though he literally has the same body and i i don't think the body aspect is unfair to go at yes people have certain shapes and sizes and stuff the thing is not only did this man not grow mentally emotionally This man literally looks the exact same physically. This skinny, small man. Didn't he? when you're short and stuff, you get older, you try to gain some muscle. You know. But no, he wanted to appeal to a younger audience. He wanted his, these 13, 14 year old girls to see him. And look like they're looking at a 17 year old at their school. See, this man never grew in all different types. So you know what type of partner he doesn't attract? Ones that are around his age. Ones that may have a job. Ones that may have grown in mindset. Ones that don't live in the past like he's trying to. Ones aren't chasing notoriety in any type of sense. Ones aren't desperate for attention. And are willing to go to great lengths to do as such. No, because that's what you do when you're 16 and 17 years old. That's what you do when you're middle school and high school. And maybe give you a break in your early 20s. You just want attention. Even the most humble of people. Even the most people. Even the people that don't care for attention at all. No one also wants to go through life and be invisible. No one wants to act like the world doesn't notice them. People don't want their talents to ever be unnoticed. No, we all want to be seen in some capacity. And that's healthy. What's not healthy is being so desperate to be seen, you are willing to put your dick inside of anything. So willing to be seen 
that you don't even care about the age. You're so desperate to be seen. You're willing to literally change your name and move countries. Because that's what you do when you never grow. You escape your problems. You escape your past because you're still living in them. And I think what we see in Drake is a lesson that a lot of us have probably seen in friends. We've probably seen just in people we associate with. People you see from 10 years back and you see them today. You see people that never change. There's certain things about people you may never change. But when you're 16, it's okay to sleep with a 15 or 16 year old girl. When you're 31, and that is still your bread and butter, you take home at night. There's a reason why you get bread and butter for free when you go to these restaurants like Longhorn. It's supposed to be something you get at the beginning of the meal. And at the beginning of the meal, I mean the beginning stages of your life. If you are still eating the bread and butter... Like halfway through dinner, which in his case is like, I don't know, 32 years old, we'll just say. In your 40s, your 50s. If you're still going after that bread and butter because you're afraid to get a real entree or real meal and feel truly satisfied or actually feel like you're eating a meal that actually accommodates your age. then maybe that's why you will always stay the same. It all connects. This man, he not only does he want attention, he wants a very specific attention from a very specific group, specifically young girls. And that is something, it's predatorial. Because here's the two cases we know about. The 16-year-old girl that he moved in, that he had moved in with him. And then the 15-year-old girl that he basically did some weird shit with in a club. Which you can fill in the blanks of what he did. And I know due process. Yeah, look, um, when there's pretty evidence towards it, even if he gets lesser charges and shit, because he may pay a little off. We know, we know what that really means. Let's just call it what it is. I'm not in the business of giving predators. I'm not in the business of giving people that take advantage of young minds. And before people say, oh, well, she consented. She was obviously on board, even if she was fully on board and consented. When does being an adult come in play? How much in common do you really have with a 15-year-old girl that's still going to Spirit Week, still getting excited for Spirit Week at school, doing a dance during their, like, halfway through the year type of celebration for Spirit? While you have a job that's paying you, for example, just average you $70,000 a year, right? 
and you're attracted to a girl who can't even legally buy cigarettes, someone who can't even legally buy alcohol, and that's a girl you want, is it because you can't handle someone your age, you don't emotionally connect because the only thing you've ever really connected with and felt the most of yourself and felt the best of yourself was when people were celebrating you for being on a Nickelodeon sitcom. I think in conclusion, he still liked living in the past. He thought it would be so simple. But he hasn't found a way. And now you are being exposed for it. Alright. Now, coming up, the second part of the show, I am going to give my thoughts on this fight I did not know was even fucking happening. So I saw the video today. Apparently last night, there was a Lamar Odom versus... Aaron Carter fight. I'm going to give my quick thoughts on that after the break. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if any of y'all watched it. Um, There was a Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter fight. You don't know who Aaron Carter is, don't blame me. Um, he's, at this point, he's basically like a druggie. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but... You know, it explains a lot when you watch him. He is kind of an attention whore at this point of his life. He used to be a singer and stuff. He was kind of popular with young, you know, in the teenage era. Not that far from the era of Drake Bell, believe it or not. It's actually kind of smack right in there. But just for some measurements of this of this fight... Aaron Carter is six foot one hundred seventy five pounds with a seventy one inch reach in boxing. Do y'all know that Lamar Odom was a former NBA player, former six man of the year, pretty good damn player, championship team with the Lakers. Used to date uh Chloe Kardashian. Now we all know about the whole crack house thing. Well not crack house, but he basically went on some retreat overdose and at a hostel or a brothel, I guess. And, man, that dude was getting it in all around. All right. But, so Lamar Odom fought this guy. Lamar Odom is 6'10", 239 pounds with the 82-inch reach, right? Now, we, this is celebrity boxing at its finest. You know, you can say what you want about the Logan Paul Mayweather fight. Logan Paul at least looks like a fucking boxer. He looks like a guy that can compete and hold his own. And looks like a guy that's actually been in the gym. Dude's yoked. Dude takes it serious. Say what you want. You gotta respect the fact that he's an actual boxer. In a sense. These two are not. Um, and it showed. Um, if you want to go watch the six minute fight. Let me just summarize it for you. Save you some time. Aaron Carter, it's him spinning in a circle, avoiding punches, but even when he gets hit, he looks like a five-year-old who uh, stole some chocolate vodka shots from the mom's countertop on New Year's Eve, 
and then saying "Wee!" in a boxing ring versus a TSA agent. Okay, it's kind of funny to watch, but there's this one part. <laughs> it's like right in the first minute of the fight. I think Lamar owed him. Look, man, Lamar, he didn't look like he was a stout boxer by any means. But next to this dude, I mean, this dude looked like Anthony Joshua, like physically and everything compared to Aaron Carter. Now, there was literally this one part. Now, they had headgear. They weren't, it wasn't, it wasn't a professional fight. It was literally, they did add some hotel, not even exaggerating. Um... They had headgear, you know, safety, weight difference, whatever. The weight difference is actually more than the Mayweather Logan Paul fight, just for context. Like double the amount of difference. There's this one part where literally <laughs> Aaron Carter is just swinging at this dude's head. He's just going back and forth, right, left, right, left, at his head. And it literally just looks like it looks like a little kid like punching his sofa. The sofa's not moving at all. This dude really thinks he's putting like 9 out of 10 power on a scale. He looks like, he really thinks he's hitting like 920 on one of those boxing hidden machines. Where like, wow, look at my power. I'm going to break the machine. When really it probably would have been like 120. And Lamar Odom doesn't even flinch or nothing. It literally does nothing to him. And Lamar Odom... He doesn't really end up knocking him out. Let me save you some time. Lamar Odom wins. Um, He doesn't really knock him out per se. He just kind of hits him enough where he keeps falling into the thing. He just hits him enough where he loses balance. But he doesn't knock him out. He's just so flimsy. Has no lower strength. No core. No nothing. Um, Yeah, it was. it's actually quite an entertaining to look at and watch because it's only six minutes. It's not something that would be fun to watch for 12 or 15. But you know what? For what it is, fine. Entertainment, that's what it's about. As you know, Nick uh, Aaron Carter's brother, Nick Carter, is part of Backstreet Boys. Um, I'm going to take a... I'm going to take a shot in the dark that um, his brother did not want it that way. Even for his brother, who... um. I believe has called him a rapist. He's called him a shitty brother. They basically have no ties now. Because Nick wants nothing to do with him. Not to get too much into the gossip thing. But it's quite interesting. But um, what do I, I, I do think. And the reason why I bring this up. Obviously it was a pointless fight. But this whole celebrity boxing, and I'm not talking about Logan Paul Mayweather, because that actually has some merit to it, whether you want to admit it or not. There's some real entertainment there. Because whether the reason why it's so captivating is because there's a 1% chance of y'all that thinks deep down, like, I mean, if he gets one good punch on him, it could change the whole thing, right? Surprise, because either way, we either see Mayweather lose his first fight, or he puts other people in their place to stop playing around with his boxing shit. This shit's real. Y'all YouTubers, TikTokers, whatever, which there's a TikTok thing tonight that I'm not going to watch, because the thing, it's kind of, the thing about the TikTok thing and the boxing that they have tonight, they look like they train for it. 
But the difference is when you watch the Jake Paul and Logan Pauls, they look like they live for it. Whether your opinion on them, they look like they have put in their life in the past couple years into boxing. They have respected the game, taken it serious, and they showed up to their fights as such. Are they perfect boxers? I'm not a boxing expert, but I'm going to say probably not. But these dudes are getting better. They take it fucking serious. What I'm referring to is for celebrity boxing. Do we truly want to see actors fight in a ring against some reality TV star? Do we want to see former NBA players against some former past pop star? Do we really want these celebrity matches with people that are not really part of the game, but they have a name? I think we could have fun with the celebrity boxing if we actually had like people that are currently in the game, whether it's music, acting, entertainment of some sort. If we have people that have current names. Like if, for example, if we had like... I'm literally doing it off the top of my head. If we had like the weekend fight, like if we had the weekend fight Sean Mendez, I think that would bring some eyes just for the fact that they're both currently relevant. They're both big fucking stars in today's world. People would watch this shit. People would be interested. Now, I'll tell you who I want to see in the ring. People, this guy, he has full MMA experience. He's a fucking beast. You go look him up, which I'm pretty sure you know. The guy who plays Spawn. Um, the guy who's in Why Did I Get Married? All of them. <laughs> uh, Marcus, the one who's with uh, Tasha Smith. The very uh, the ironic, the ironies, they have him be a pushover in that. But in real life, I doubt he's anything like that. Michael J. White. Use a fucking beast MMA wise and everything. What if he were to like. What if he were to fight. Like Sylvester Stallone. Who's still in great shape. I know he's like 70 fucking something years old. But Sylvester Stallone obviously. Do train boxing for movies. He was pretty legit in the sense of that. It's funny how we shit on Logan Paul. But he's really kind of like a real life Rocky. Now that I think about it. I'm just speaking out of the ass here. But really think about it. Logan Paul. No one gave him a chance. No one really thinks he can beat real competition per se. Even though he kind of proved he can hang in there. Rocky kind of had those same doubts. Started from the ground up. In a sense. Maybe Logan Paul can be the next Rocky. But of real life. Unexpected out of nowhere. Didn't go through training when he was 12 years old. To, didn't start training when he was 5 years old for boxing. Like no. The dude was a. People know when he wrote Rocky. He was in a porno. Yeah look that shit up. I've seen it. 
research purposes, of course. I'm not a not a negligent weirdo. But yeah, before he sold Rocky, the first movie, well, obviously there's a story about so he didn't one one the one company wanted to buy it for X amount, but he thought it was worth more. And obviously he was right over time. But he basically started legitimately boxing in his, if I'm correct, his young 20s. Logan Paul kind of really started boxing in his young 20s. Yes, Rocky equals Logan Paul. I said it. Said it here. Can't deny it. Okay. Now, for celebrity matches going forward, I think in order, the reason why it never took off, because, you know, they've always had, like, the early 2000s stuff, but they always had the idea of the celebrity boxing shit. I just, the reason why I don't think it has taken off or realistically ever will is because the people who are in their physical primes, who are actors and shit, if they were to get in a ring and get their ass kicked, I do think it would make people's perception of them different. It would be, oh, it's just an expedition. No one cares. But the reality is, people know. You could put whatever on the... You could say there's no scorecard, no winner, whatever. People remember. People remember who wins. People remember hold that shit against you when you get knocked down a boxing ring, which is kind of insane to me. Like, if you enter a boxing ring 40 times, I'm pretty sure you're going to get hit a good amount. It's going to happen. Whether we shit on people for doing things that we're not even courageous to even do in real life. But the reason why the celebrity boxing thing, the true, like, pure celebrity in that sense, I don't think will ever be a staple the way that people always have said they wanted to the past two decades. It's because people in their physical primes. They have too much to lose if they lose. If they do it and they're embarrassing. They have too much to lose. Like, could you imagine if an, a rapper at the top of his game went into a boxing ring and got their shit knocked off and got embarrassed? When they talk about in their lyrics about, I will beat anyone. Blah, blah, blah on the street. You can come at me. You better be ready to meet. Like, you don't think people are going to look at them different? Because part of music is creating an idea. And, like, rap music and shit like that. No one fuck with me. I'll fuck you up. But then if people see in a boxing ring, someone on your level fucks you up. It kind of takes that message and deteriorates it. If you're an actor and your role, like let's say Sylvester Stallone and his physical prime and actual Rocky, right? Training and everything. And he's an extreme example because he actually trained in shit. So let's just say like a Chris Pratt. Guy who got in hella good shape. Used to be big, got in hella good shape. He's doing all this athletic shit in movies. But then in a boxing ring, he looks unathletic. Let's say Chris Evans. Dude's fucking Captain America. 
if he gets fucking knocked out, you really think people when they watch a movie is like, yeah, that man can save cities using his shield, f- flying with his shield and shit and beating motherfuckers up. No, it's going to be hard to look at Chris Evans' Captain America because whether we want to believe it or not, real life does attach to how we perceive actors in movies, how we perceive people in their music. It's Even as the biggest Drake fan in the world, it is hard to talk about, it's hard to hear Drake used to talk about how his dad used to be a deadbeat in a sense or used to talk about how you know, he just wished he could have had a two-parent household and all that stuff. But then he had the whole thing where he tried to hide his kid. Because he was, in a sense, embarrassed. He didn't want the public perception that he had a child with someone who was a stripper. I believe she was a stripper. But he didn't want that. Because he's afraid of public perception. And whether you as an individual don't take a whole lot of value of what people think about your public perception, when your job is literally reliant on public perception generating the value of how much you provide to a movie or an album, that shit does matter. Otherwise, in celebrity matches, we're always just going to get retired, get Retired athletes who are a little bit out of shape, retired NBA players, retired NFL players who retired 10 years prior. We're going to get athletes or we're going to get musicians that haven't made music in six or seven years. Maybe they need a little relevancy. Maybe they need a little uptick in having an album come out because album sales have dipped. So they're trying to do a rollout. You're going to get movie stars who... Just trying to get that next check because maybe they've gone in debt. Maybe they've made a couple bad financial investments. And other than that, if you're on top of the world, if you're Michael B. Jordan, why the hell do you do an actual box match where you might actually get your ass beat for the public to see? And that's not your profession. If it's your profession, people accept that you're going against the best of the best of the world. But your portrayal, if Michael Jordan's Michael B. Jordan's portrayal of himself is being a boxer in movies, he obviously trains hard. He obviously looks the part. But people see he's not the part. You're crazy if you don't think that factors into the decision. But yeah, my conclusion of the Aaron Carter versus uh, Lamar Odom fight is what the fuck? Okay, now we're going to cap the show off with the unwarranted, unasked wisdom that we do at the end of every show. And today's unwarranted, unasked wisdom is think the unthinkable. What do I mean by that? Think the unthinkable. I know I keep bringing up Logan Paul. Um... But I think one of the most admirable things about him is he truly, at least in, when it comes to boxing and all this stuff, the dude will literally fight anyone. 
the dude will be willing to put himself out for failure. Because, and when you are willing to put yourself out for failure at such a high degree, that means if you succeed, it's just as much. It's like the same thing. It's really like gambling. You only put down as much as you're willing to lose. The upside will always be high. You put a lot down and you lose, you lost a lot of money. But you also could have won a lot of money. If you just stick in the middle, you do safe enough, then you may not lose you may not lose that much, but you're also not gonna win that much. You are only willing to do what is considered reasonable to you. And this is where I've always had a belief that being a little delusional is good. Because if you're so reasonable for, for with yourself, there's no reason why a guy who has boxed two or three years should step in a ring with Floyd Mayweather, even if he is quote-unquote past his prime. It's still Floyd Mayweather. He still knows how to box. He still knows what the hell he's doing. That takes courage. There are boxers. You can look at in and I've understood it more over time. Where boxers, they can easily fight whoever they want after every match. They literally make independent contracts to fight whoever. There's no real league of boxing. It's an independent entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, really. That's why they can demand the dollars. That's why Canelo has like a $450 million deal with like days in boxing. That's why Floyd Mayweather can charge a hundred mil a fight. That's why he can win a hundred mil fighting a quote unquote YouTuber. Because he brings that to the table. And when we talk about the UFC fighter pay, it's literally a company. It's pay. It's like an hourly pay system. You fight, you're going to get this minimum. If you win, you get a bonus. Certain wins, you get a different bonus. But it's structured. You, they do like three or four fight contracts, I believe. You basically have they you sign up for amount of a fights, the bet like the more along the lines you get tenure, you sign up for a certain amount of fights, and the UFC matches with you who you fight. Dana White makes the matches, but as a boxer, you make your matches. You are more in control of your record because you pick your fighters. Even if you are better in fire. If you pick a style of fighter that doesn't match up stylistically with you, it could counteract all the good you do in boxing that you do as a boxer. Why would you take that fight? It looks like you're ducking fighters. And there's a lot of current boxers at the top of the line. They don't always fight the best fighter in their division or in their weight class. They don't always fight the best fighters. But, Logan Paul said, I will fight arguably the greatest boxer of all time, even past his prime. For people say he was 44 years old. You know Bernard Hopkins? The dude fought in his 40s. Almost into his 50s. And the dude was still better than like 90% of the people he went against. As a dude in his 40s. 
And this dude was facing young cats. 20s, 30s, look it up. And the dude was still fucking good. Was he his Bernard Hopkins in his prime? Not exactly. But the man took care of himself so well. He doesn't drink soda. He only, he doesn't, he eats really clean, doesn't drink alcohol, doesn't smoke, doesn't do nothing. So don't sit here and say that just because he's 44 years it doesn't count. There's, there's a lot of boxers, legendary boxers that fought late in their career that could still beat some ass. Floyd Mayweather could probably fight 95% of people in his weight classes right now. And he would destroy them. I'm not a boxing expert. But he would destroy them. But why would he? He wouldn't make nearly as much money as he does find a guy who has 20 plus million followers on and has a following. Think the unthinkable. It was unthinkable to think a guy who's been training boxing for three years can step in a ring with Floyd Mayweather and hold his own. And be competent. And look fucking yoked. But you know why? Because he thought the unthinkable. A lot of people would have gotten their head. I haven't trained long enough. Maybe in a couple years when I'm sharp. When I'm at a certain place in my boxing career. I'll fight. Then I'll fight you. Let me get a couple practice ones. Let me level up competition. Then I'll face you. He said, no, you know what? Throw me in there. I'll fight you. He made 80% less in that fight than Floyd. He was willing to do that. Obviously, because Floyd's Floyd. But Logan, draw, he did a draw too. He made about 20 mil. And Floyd made about 100. But I honestly think he would have done that fight for a million dollars. Because he thought the unthinkable. He stepped into a ring when most people wouldn't even put their cock in a ring. That's a cock ring reference, but whatever. But yes, wisdom. Your unwanted, unasked wisdom. Think the unthinkable. Because if you don't, everything you do will just be thinkable. Alright guys, that was episode 5 of Off and Beats. I think that was a solid episode today. Now remember to go subscribe to the YouTube channel. You get the full audio plus other content on there from Joke of the Day, Poem of the Day, and etc. You can also follow me on IG, Off and Beats. And also remember the follow here on the Spotify. And you can also now find me on Apple Podcasts. The channel's growing as we speak. Alright guys, and have a great day. Um, by the way, next episode I have a another deep dive about neutering. Yes, you'll want to be around for that one. Alright guys, have a great day. Let's get it! Ooh.